Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. Great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all so much. Uh, we've been off for a couple weeks. We were <clears throat> not on air last week. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's been quite the, uh, the story. Uh, we've had headline after headline. Obviously a lot to get to. Uh, not sure how I, re- you know, kept my sanity and, uh, you know, my normalness for so long being with, without your presence, you know, uh, being on this radio show and, and doing this, uh, it's become, you know, a livelihood for me. It's become part of who I am. It's become a, you know, a routine. It's, it's really become uh, just a natural, a natural thing. Um, and, I, and I can't thank you all enough for the support, you know. First of all, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience, uh, you know, th- this show just keeps transforming, keeps growing bigger and bigger. Um, you know, it keeps evolving to, into every stage of greatness possible. Uh, we're listened to in 25 countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the next NEX Gen. G-E-N-U-S-A dot com. Um, everybody, obviously a lot going on in my life. Um, you know, I uh, had a lot of work stuff and, and, and personal things to, to uh, deal with uh, the entire entirety of the week last week, That's which is why I took every single show off. Usually I'm on three days a week, but I had so many uh, things to attend to and so many different duties and and uh, engagement to that. I just, yeah, last week, I'm sorry. Got a lot of people messaged me. A lot of people were wondering what happened because everybody's used to having me on air every single week. Um, I also want to make an announcement. I have left KFNX. I will be going. uh, And by the way, I want to tell KFNX, it was an amazing five months. I can't thank you all enough. Uh, I got a lot of you know, uh, great greatness and, and things out of it, you know, uh, amazing relationships, amazing experience, um, you know, things that uh, I'll forever carry. Uh, but I will be, thankfully, uh, gladly, uh, you know, very, very proud that Salem Radio will be uh, taking my show on. I'm sure everybody knows what Salem Radio is. Um, a lot of big names on there. Larry Elder, Sean Hannity, um Sebastian Gorka, lot lot of people on that on that station. So, uh, really a gift, really an honor, really a true blessing and privilege. And uh, you know, and I'll tell everybody this, and I'll say it again and again on my show. You know, this entire platform. One day I just picked up the mic and and here I am. You know, and I never thought it would be this way. I never thought I would make it to 246 episodes, guys. It's unreal. It's, it's in many ways, it's it's mind blowing. It's surreal. I, I I mean, you can't you can't write something this good. And you know, as you progress, as as time goes on, as things evolve, like I said earlier in the show, it's really become a natural pattern for me. It's really a part of who I am. And uh, you know, I I was like every other American. I was fed up. I was angry. I wanted to. Uh, you know, speak my voice. I wanted to put everything out there. I want, I, I really, and I wanted to 
get a big team together. I mean, think about the team we've created. Think about what we've, you know, built. And it's not me. I mean, it's not, I mean, obviously I, I started the show. I, I'm, I'm the main orchestrator. You know, I, I'm the guy behind it. But, you know, there is so much that all you guests and all you people that come on the show contribute. And you add so much value, so much strong merit, and so, so much to, you know, be excited about on, on this program. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, I don't know what the future holds. I don't, you know, I don't know what's, I mean, I, I'm living in the moment, like I always have, you know. I'm playing everything by ear, uh, not feeling very well today. I've been sick the last couple of days, but, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I know God has a plan, and, and I know that, you know, being in the right place at the right time really helps any, any individual, any candidate, any any significant, any significant, it has so much significance. And I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm in good hands right now with, with everything that we have in the works and uh, going on and just on the table. You know, I really, uh, I really can't complain. So um, I, I also, I, I have a few more announcements. I want to, I want to tell everybody right now, and, and there's a big thing going on on social media and, you know, all these different platforms. I get so much hate mail and I mean, I'm sure people that listen to my show know what I'm talking about. I mean, I share a lot of it sometimes. So people will message me and say that, you know, I'm this Nazi bigot, this, this horrible person for supporting Trump, you know, that they'll go listen to bits and pieces of my show and, you know, I mean, I mean, these people, uh, and even, even these rhinos will start calling my, will start not calling me, but writing to me. And I get, a, I get a lot of stuff. And you know what? Here's what I'm going to tell anybody. Be yourself. Don't, don't let any freaking hater, don't let any garbage disposal tear you down. I mean, th- th- these people are slime. These people are slobs. You know, people want to tell me how to live my life. People want to tell me how to do things. People want to tell me what to say. People want to tell me how to think. People want to tell me, you know, like, and I'm sure so many of you listening right now know exactly what I'm referring to. You know, it's cancel culture. It's the silence of people. I mean, these people, you know, just because they don't believe it, just because they don't love it, they want to say you're wrong. They they want to say that you're ignorant. That you're you're the person that's not on the on on the same line, <laughs> really. Jesus Christ. Um, I I I want to say, um, you know, I I knew Corey Haim, and and then you know this is out of the ordinary, and um, you know he um he died ten years ago today, but you know it's uh, I knew him well. Met him. I met him quite a few times and such a down to earth person and uh, really somebody that was taken too soon, 38 years old. Um, the reason I bring him up, uh, obviously everybody knows that Corey Feldman last night uh, debuted, debuted the, uh, a new, obviously a movie, um, whatever you want to call it. Is it a, a documentary? Uh, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is, but exposing uh, the people that were behind the pedophilia and, and the, the raping of him and Haim and, uh, you know, just, just this whole story and just this how outrageous uh, certain things in our culture. 
Um, I, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, and Hollywood's still like that. It's still the casting couch. It's still the, the filthy place. It's still the do stuff for me. I'll do stuff for you. I mean, you know, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to get too off topic. We're going to get into this whole subject matter later in the show, but I just wanted to say, uh, Corey Haim was a good guy, uh, 10 years today. Uh, I can't believe how time flies. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's, 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 it's absolutely insane. It really is. But guys, I, I really hope, uh, your couple weeks have been good. Um, and, uh, you know, this is awesome to be back with you. I want to welcome to the show. I believe we have with us, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Maryland, Tim Faisenbaker. Tim, how are you? Hey, Rory, I'm doing well. I'm uh, glad to hear things are going great for you. Sale Network's awesome. And I'm sure wherever you go, you'll do well. You'll keep spreading that message. And, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things been going on, including CPAC, coronavirus, and the debates and what's going on with the, with the Democrat Party. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, Tim. Well, always love having you here, and really always uh, lo- love your presence, and you bring great value to the show. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Roy. Um, I also would like to welcome to the show. I believe we have with us. Um, I think he's already announced his campaign, if I'm not mistaken. But U.S. congressional candidate from Tennessee, Todd McKenley. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rory, what's going on? Well, I've got to tell you, you know, uh, you, you know, my mom passed away last week. And of course, and my I appreciate your condolences. My deepest condolences. Absolutely. I mean, the, I lost yeah, I my father. For everybody, for everybody that doesn't know, I lost father when I was 20 years old. And he was my soulmate. He was my best friend. He was my everything. So, you know, losing somebody like that, I mean, it's, you can't even, you can't even describe into words the, the kind of pain and, and suffering that, uh, you know, people, people deal with it. It's terrible. So I'm, my love's with you, Todd. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So like I said, you know, we've been exploring the option for, uh, for a while now and, uh, you know, we're try, trying to raise a little money here and there. And of course, taking, taking care of her, was kind of, kind of hard to do, but there's been a lot of support for a state house race. Uh, so, uh, I've decided it looks like I'll be running for a state house race. Uh, and I've picked up the petition already. So, uh, there's a lot of good support for there, and uh, of course it's in my own county. I don't have to go to all 12, 12 counties, you know. I just stay within my own county, and it looks like you know uh, a lot of support there for this race. It's in the first district here in in the state of Tennessee, uh, so you know I think there's a lot of things we could get done in Nashville as as a freshman uh, state legislator versus a, a freshman congressman. Uh, so I, I, I do believe that maybe this is the, the right path that kind of I've, I've been put upon right now. Uh, so that's kind of what we're looking for. Uh, you know, I haven't filed the petition yet, so there's still the option to change my mind. Obviously, you know, if 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 by chance some, some miracle uh, the money falls out of the sky tomorrow, uh, but right now we got a good chunk of money to to run for a state house race. Uh, so, uh, and a lot of people know me in this district. Obviously, it's one I grew up in, born and raised, and and you know, I'm, you know, a lot of support here, a lot a lot of support. Uh, then it's kind of funny as you know the uh, the knives are already out. You know, it's a uh, the, the, the folks who, who support the, the current incumbent, who, who I, I don't necessarily have any major issues with uh, personally, personally. Uh, but everybody's been telling me, you know, they, they want somebody who's going to be uh, accessible to them, who's going to represent them and their, their issues and their will. And, you know, apparently the, the incumbent hasn't been doing that, and, you know, which is kind of surprising. Uh, but, you know, I looked at all the options and listened to what they had to say, talked to hundreds of people, hundreds, hundreds of voters in this, this district. Uh, you know, and, and basically a lot of the same messages. Uh, and they asked me to run, and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll look it, I'll pray about it. And then, of course, here we are. Uh, 
Uh, but it's funny is how, how, you know, the knives are all of a sudden out. The slander is already out uh, for, for, uh, against me uh, from, from, from a few of the usual suspects, which is kind of, kind of sad. But it is what it is. It was expected. Uh, but, you know, we're going to plug along and then, uh, you know, go from there. And uh, I think at the end of the day, Nashville is where it's going to be. And uh, we're going to represent the people of the 1st District very well. Uh, and, again, like I said, we could change our mind if, if something changes between now and filing deadline. No, I, I love it. I love it. And, you know, guys like you, we need an office. You know, I've always had strong respect and admiration for your character and, you know, your resume and, and what you've accomplished in this life. And uh, really, really is something that uh, needs to be carried on in, in these, in the, in these, you know, different political uh, positions. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's funny, as I was talking to somebody uh, just for a few weeks ago, they were saying, well, wouldn't you want to be a congressman? You know, you'd have a lot of power. You could do this and that. And I said, it's not about a title. It's not about power. It's not about prestige and a higher office or what have you. It's about representing people and the will of, of, of constituents and, and carrying their message forward and being their voice in whatever elected body that you, you're fortunate to serve in. And that's the way I look at it. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. Um, well, Todd, uh, a lot to get into tonight. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's going to be a big show, my friend. Oh, heck yeah. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, so everybody, uh, as usual, I'm going to get into the small stuff and then I'm going to take care of the big stuff. Um, give me about two seconds. I just have to set up the entire, uh, system real quick. Okay. Okay. So as usual, I'm going to get to everybody on the panel. Uh, go through the, the small headlines, then we'll get to the big main stuff, and then everybody can give their opinions, their talking points, you know, because it always brings a, 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 a such greatness and, and such a uh, an amazing narrative uh, to our panel. Uh, it really does. Okay. Here we go. So um, let's start with this. So President Trump, the king, the king of the world, the messiah. I mean, you know what? And people, and this really bothers me. People want to come to me and say, hey, Rory, why are you trying to compare him to the Bible? Why are you trying to compare him to, you know, Messiah? And I'm like, dudes, I'm like, people, listen, what did Jesus have to go through? And I'm, I'm not comparing Trump to Jesus, but I'm comparing Trump to a Bible-like figure. I'm comparing Trump to, to somebody in, in those stories because you think about what the people in the Bible had to endure, what they have to suffer through, what they have to basically put, put themselves in harm's way. He laid everything on the line, this guy. This guy was a billionaire. This guy had his whole life set up. He had the, the best thing you could ever ask for in terms of a situation on planet Earth. He didn't need this. He didn't, I mean, I'm, I don't even know if he, well, I think he wanted it, but I don't think, that's a hard, that's a hard one saying whether he wanted or wanted it or not. I go back and forth on that because partially part of me says, yes, he absolutely wanted it because the, the good part of his soul and heart said he wanted to change America and help us with his business expertise and his billionaire brilliance and how he could use that energy and, and knowledge to ch- turn us around and save us. So I look at, I look at it from that 
angle at, at one point, which I think in that respect he wanted to. But thinking about the stress, thinking about the headache, thinking about the, the psychosis, I mean, think about just think about every. I mean, they would not stop hammering him or harassing him when he, when he first announced. I mean, on the campaign trail, that's all they did was they were on his ass 24-7 and his family. And then look at what he had to deal with with the Russia conspiracy hoax. Most, most people, they would not be able to handle or take, uh, you know, people after them every single second. Uh, most presidents, I would say, uh, obviously none have been, uh, you know, uh, ever, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? None have ever been, uh, you know, handled or experienced or, or criticized in this manner, but I mean, think about if, if the past presidents have to, had to go through with how evolved social media is, with how all the news networks are so biased, with how, I mean, the, the, the animosity, the hostility, the, the polarization. Um, and, you know, he takes it like a champ. You look at him, and you look at the way he talks, and you look at how he gets up every fucking morning, excuse my French, makes no excuses, never complains, keeps doing whatever he's going to do. And it's like, it's like, how? It's like, dude, this guy is taking, this guy's taking punch after punch for the people. You know, what, what is abuse after abuse? Do you know why? Because they were doing what was best for civilization. They were doing what saints do. They were doing what heroes do. They were doing what mi- miracle workers do. I tell you, and, I, and, I, and I, if somebody doesn't write it, then I'm going to write the damn book. The Religion of Trump. This guy, and you know what? Okay, laugh, you know, say it's funny, ha, 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 you know, call, me, call the blast, blastotomy, whatever you want to use, the st- stupid phrase. But when you fulfill 80% of your promises within three years, 80%, to me, you're Messiah-like. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill 10%. This guy has done everything, not only to save America, but he saved the entire world. He sleeps five hours a night. He's a robot. He's something I've never seen. This guy has more energy than a goddamn 18-year-old kid. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what the Kobe Bryant and the Michael Jordans look like. This is what they do. And you know what I said for the longest time, and certain people laughed at me, and now, believe it or not, there's certain people that have said to me, man, Rory, you were right. I just didn't know Trump was serious. I said from day one, Trump's announcing he's running for president. He will change the world. He will, he will, he will be something that you have never seen in a million years. This guy is going to blow everyone away. But you know why? Because he's a perfectionist. He never half-asses anything. If this guy's going to fulfill a task, he's going to perfect it. He's going to make sure that it's 100%. He's not going to go out there and just talk and say he did it. He's actually going to do it, and he's actually going to make sure that it's done right. Look at everything he's done in his, in his work uh, of business. Pretty much every building he's ever made is under budget. Under budget. Guy, you know, you can't make this up. You know, and he, he borrowed, let, let, let's face the fact here. He borrowed a million dollars from his father, and he turned that into billions. And people want to say, Daddy gave you money. Well, 
Daddy gave you a million dollars and you turned it into billions. Pretty impressive to me. You know, and, and I hate that whole daddy bullshit. Daddy's got a nice car. Daddy gave you money. Well, go fuck yourself. Seriously. Excuse my French. But you know what? That's the bitter and the envy of the world. Those are the socialists. Those are the Bernie supporters that can't accept somebody's hard work and somebody's success and dedication and motivation. Haters will always hate. But I want to I wanna get into the main story here about the, the whole President, President Trump thing. He went 20 for 20 in the House Republican primary endorsement. That's huge. Four rallies in different cities every single day. And it's not, it, he makes it look easy. He goes there. He puts his love, his heart, and his soul. He put his blood, sweat, and tears on the line for our freedom and our security and our Western civilization value. This guy will go to, this guy's like Kobe and Michael Jordan. He'll run through walls for us. Just like they'll run through walls for their team. It, it, it's, it's the real, it's the real deal. I mean, this, this man, he didn't have, you know what, and I'll say what I said five minutes ago. Why did he have to do this? All these people saying he's enriching himself, getting bigger and better and badder and more powerful, being in office. Uh, he was already worth $4 billion with a B, people. I don't know how much more powerful you can get than that. And, you know, he's proved himself over and over. He's been, he's, he knew he was, he, I really think, honestly, I, I think that since the 80s, he knew this day would come. And don't ever forget the Oprah interview. Ever got so bad, Oprah, I would run. I would save this country. He's always been real. He's always been the same, same, same word. Uh, but, the, you know, the, the whole 20 for 20 thing, it proves anything he touches is gold. Anything he touches is, is godly. Anything he touches is money, 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 money. This guy goes and endorses people. And even in the last election cycle, think about the Senate seats we gained. Think about everything we gained in the Senate. Nobody, the media doesn't even talk about that. All they were talking about is this, stu- fucking, this stupid blue wave that doesn't even exist. This blue, make-believe, imaginary wave, which, you know what, we barely lost the House in certain aspects, and we gained more seats in the Senate. So uh, I can't wait for what the cocksuckers on the left say in 2020. You know, I, I can't wait. There's going to be a red wave. It's going to, you know what, it's going to freaking sparkle. It's going to splash. It's going to come everywhere. Like, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be everything you could ever want from an election. Orgasmic, pleasurable. We see these people cry. We see these people whine. Yeah. I mean, these people don't care about America. They hate America. They hate us. They hate traditional values. They hate signature morals. They hate ethics. They hate fairness. They hate an honest system. We all saw how Hitler did things and how he, oh, God, he can brainwash and confuse so many different people, all, along with these other world leaders. Just look at anywhere that, uh, you know, uh, these socialists have tried to take power. Venezuela, Greece, um, goes on and on. It turns into a, a, shit, a shit show. It really does. Um, let's see. <clears throat> okay, you know, here's something. And I don't know how any of you feel about Lindsey Graham. I go back and forth. I mean, you know, some things he does are great, but other things he does, it makes you want to slap him across the face. I mean, this guy, you know, is obviously one of the biggest war Nazis on earth. Uh, he's also a big pusher for amnesty. Uh, I know he was by the president's side during the whole 
uh, Mueller bullshit, and I, I give him praise for that. But you know what? This is what I'm talking about with these politicians, with these rhinos, with these establishment – I'm not going to use any more you – know, I'm going to try to refrain, but these SOBs, I mean, they, these people – you know, they, they, you know, they're 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 what's wrong. They're, they're what's setting us back. I mean, the good you do, it doesn't make up for the bad you do. You know, and and Lindsey Graham now is trying to push for amnesty, and President Trump, and, and God bless President Trump. You know, he said, Lindsey, I'm your friend. I like you, but there's no amnesty bullshit going on on my watch. No data. No crap. We're not playing the game. We're not gonna feed. We're not. We're not gonna pander. We're not gonna. We're not gonna roll on this train, bro. I mean, that, that, that's really what it is. And you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And you know, Lindsay. Uh, you know, it's obviously we see how Mitt Romney is such a cocksucker. We see how Mitt Romney is such a rhino. Um, and I'm surprised Lindsay didn't stay on the whole John McCain train because uh, he was really close to John McCain. So, again, I don't hate Lindsay for everything, but there are multiple things I disagree with Lindsay on, and I wish he'd shut the hell up. And uh, believe it or not, I'm actually surprised that he actually ever took Trump's side on everything. He's one of those guys that, uh, you know, is, uh, is the swamp. I mean, I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it, but, uh, you know. My point is, moral of the story, we need more outsider candidates like the people on the line right now, like the people on the platform right now, the people that we're calling in tonight. We want the outsiders. We want the pro-Trump. We don't want – I mean, really look at this, guys. Really anal- 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 you know, analyze this and, and really read into it thoroughly. These people go to school for all these years to be puppets to practice what they're going to say. These people have no motive or no direction or love for passing laws or helping uh, the people around them. It's about, it's about their self-interest. It's about them. It's about me, 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 me. And you know what? It goes on in both parties. And people say, Rory, I respect you for calling out both sides. Because, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to call it how it is. I mean, there's both sides that fill their pockets like a bunch of cocksuckers. And they don't care about us. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't. These people. And it's, it's, here's the thing, guys. Is there's 90% of these people exist in Washington. I would say you got that 10% that actually support us. 100% of the time. I mean, I, I know there's those people that support us half the time. I get it. But it's not, you know, it's not rainbows and butterflies always like it should be. You know, I, and that's why, and I'll just say this again and again. Trump, the reason he's so successful is because he has a way with people. He knows how to get people into a room. He knows how to bring people together. He knows how to talk deals. Look at who he's negotiated with. Look at who he's gotten checks the most according to obama the most terrifying guy in the world kim jong-un got him in check after just a few months in office what are the chances told putin to go fuck himself told the leader of china you're gonna you're either gonna deal deal trade with us fairly or you can take a walk i mean who what other leader have you ever seen take this on this guy's relentless he's fearless told Mexico to go take a hike if they didn't control their border. 30,000 troops on the Mexican border of Mexican army 
protecting. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful and loving when you have somebody in there who's not controlled by anything? Makes every decision based on logic and love, not on dirty donors. You got to admire it, man. Balls, balls of steel. Balls of steel. Um, huge news. Huge news, baby. Huge. Huge. Economists were wrong once again. The mainstream media quacks. The so-called experts only said 115,000 jobs were going to be created in February. Guess what the number came out to? 273. That's almost double. We are winning like never seen before. Just like Trump said on the campaign trail. You're going to be so tired of winning, you're going to be like, Mr. President, please stop winning. And I'm going to be like, no, we're just getting started. The winning is going to be more and more. I, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't write something this good. And you know what's unreal? Is that he predicted all this before it ever happened. He said it was all, guess what the media said? Oh, no. Oh, you're bluffing. You just want to be in all. Well, really? Really? Yeah, okay. This guy, this guy, you know, he could walk on water, man. I'd love to just see it. I mean, this guy was made, and I get pumped up every day. You know what? Donald J. Trump is like a natural drug. He gets you pumped up. He's like working out. You wake up every day, and it's like an orgasm. You want more and more. You want to see what's next. You want to see the next story. You want to see the next headline. You want to see that guy get in front of the camera and be a smartass as much as possible. You know, oh, my God, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Um, so it was just announced, and this obviously this has been going on for a while um, in terms of headlines and talks and and, you know, certain reports and, and what's been obviously investigated. But uh, the Trumps are, not, you know, they, the administration maintains the strong stance on getting to the bottom of what the Bidens have done. The guiltiness, you know, the, 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 just the years and years. And, and think about everything he got away with, getting all his sisters, brothers, his son, all these benefits, you know, it's uh, it's really, uh, I just, um, you know, and this is what power does. This is what these people in charge do. They get in there, and then they use everything they can to enrich themselves. And I really hope, you know, yeah, Hunter Biden, who didn't know a goddamn thing about Burisma or any of these cocksuckers over there with China, with Russia, but they were giving him all these millions a year. Yeah. And think about the, Think about what Biden, Joe, creepy, sleepy, smelly, dumb boy Joe, is saying on camera. He, was, he admitted that he got the prosecutor fired. I mean, this isn't anything new. Um, okay, here's something disgusting. And this is something I always talk about on my show. It's the immigration crisis, the border. Uh, but we should know right now, and I, and I think we should mention this, that Donald J. Trump has done such a good job with the border 
that it's down 92%, according to Breitbart. 92% it's down with families crossing the border. This is what you do, and this is what happens when you have laws in place. People stop messing with you. They stop playing games. They stop being entitled. They stop taking things for granted. You know, they, they realize that all these people in line are doing it for the right reasons and that they need to join them. Um, but uh, in regards to the border, uh, think about this. Every illegal in this country, you're paying, and this is insane, every time a, a refugee comes here, you're paying 133000 That's when they come here illegally per taxpayer. You're paying $133,000. They just added up math today and did a whole study. Now, really take that in. Really just comprehend how the hell are your hard-earned tax dollars. I mean, I made, you know what? I have multiple businesses. I do a lot of technology. I do a lot of real estate. I made 12 grand today in tax, building apps for people. I do very well in a lot of different areas. And I can't even imagine paying all this money for all these hardworking 17-hour days I spend because I don't sleep. I mean, God, people who know me, who know the Roarinator, who know Rory Sutter, knows he sleeps five hours a night, and then he's back up. Because my brain is – it's like a robot. It's, it, it's like 100 miles an hour. I'm always on to the next, the next project, how I'm going to make my next dollar, how I'm going to benefit you know, for, for my everyday life. I mean, I, I think just like everybody, I mean, you want to bet. I see all these people, all these millennials, all these new age people that sit around, do nothing with their lives and expect all these hardworking tax dollars to be given to them. And these illegals come across the country, have their baby, whatever, you know, they have their kids, they have their, you know, it's sick. And then we're supposed to be stuck with the bill. We're supposed to be stuck with the done. Give me a break, dog. Give me a break. I'm done. I'm done. And I've had enough. I live in Arizona. I live on the damn border. I know exactly what it's like. So if anybody DMs me and says I'm ignorant or oblivious to reality, then you can take a goddamn walk. Seriously. I'm done. I'm done. You know what? I would love to bring a bunch of these liberal, flaming, slob fruitcakes down here to where I'm at. And I would love for them to see how the reality is instead of watching CNN and NBC and jerking themselves up. I'm tired of it. You go watch your freaking New York Times. You go watch your CNN. You go watch your MSNBC. You watch your Bloomberg tonight. Whatever the hell you watch. I don't give a shit. Your fucking, your, your, uh, The View with big hippo Megan McCain and smelly feminist old hag Joy Behar and dumbass Whoopi Goldberg who doesn't know a goddamn thing. You know what? I don't care. I'm done with you guys. You guys don't know anything. You guys don't speak for reality and the everyday citizens in America. You don't. Um, all right. Uh, sorry guys. I get, I kind of get on these fricking, these, these rants and it kind of takes me away sometimes. Um, okay. So Facebook, they're at it again. And you can go look at my story. Uh, if anybody wants to know, I was blocked on fricking Twitter for doing not a goddamn thing. I didn't do shit. I didn't say anything. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't say anything that was hateful. But goddamn, when you disagree with any other motherfucker on these platforms, they ruin you. They take away your livelihood. They go after everything in your personal life. They take away your financial money where you get paid. These people are animals. They're communists, dude. I did not freaking suspend my ass. 
I didn't do a goddamn thing. They took it away from me. They, you know what they did? They messaged me randomly. And let me remind you guys, anybody who knows me, I haven't been on Twitter as much lately as I have in the past. I, I was on there all the time. I was always on Twitter. But lately, I just haven't had any interest. And just out of the order, out of the blue, they want to censor your account and say you did something wrong? I mean, what? Uh, you know what? It, 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 it's insane. But Facebook, anyways, it, that's not about me. That's not the real headline here. That's not the main story. It's the Trump campaign. Uh, and it has to do with Facebook. But social media, big tech, they're all the same. They all influence each other with dark money. But uh, the Trump campaign, so they are censoring 2020 ads. Here we go again. This is how it all starts. They want to suppress the vote. They don't want people to see the truth. They don't want people to see facts. They don't want people to live in reality. They want people to live in their fucking twilight zone and their alternate universe in this different third world communist area. They, they are not. I mean, and we always see, and this is what makes me mad, and I'm really going to vent here. I'm angry, and I'm, I'm pissed at both sides, and I'll tell you why. Because I see so many dumb, dumb Republican people that will share whatever article on Facebook or social media without checking the source. They'll share whatever. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's all, a lot of this shit is satire. It makes no sense and has no merit, and it's proven to be fake, but they'll share it anyway, um, whether it's good news or bad news. You know, uh... You can't make this up. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking at everything and how big tech manipulates. Because think about the way our, our communities and how our society has evolved. I mean, for the longest time, we were reading newspapers every day. We were watching TV channels. We were, we were limited to like three or four channels for the longest time. But in the last 10 to 20 years, you have all this new social media. You have all these new outlets. You have all these people that find ways to get their – opinions out there and, and eventually when enough people believe it it becomes a reality so i mean look at how look at what we i mean think about it i mean this isn't rocket science i mean you know and when you have a narrative when you have an agenda when you want division when you want to create a certain epidemic it'll work because you know because it's all about making money this is what these people are about and they know their sheep are going to get down on their knees drop get sloppy going to Spit on it, gonna get fucking deep, deep throat, all everything. This is what they do with CNN. These sheep. I got these people in Seattle I grew up with, and I can't believe how dumb they are. I mean, it, you know what? And I, I don't want to get too off topic, but 70% of the idiots I grew up with in Seattle, Washington, are liberal Fruit Loops. I mean, these people have mothers who boss around the husbands. These mothers have smelly, you know what? These mothers are, are low life. These fathers are pussies. These fathers are sword boys. These fathers, oh, my God. It's like you want to take them by the neck and freaking just, oh, my God, these people make you mad. And they think they know reality. These people think they know you. These people think that they can actually live and, and comprehend the everyday American worker. No, you can't. You can't. But guys, 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 it's out of control. Everything is 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 mind blowing. Every I mean, I, I see all these social justice warriors and all these politically correct slobs that keep trying to mark their territory, trying to disrupt everything in our environment, 
just when you think everything is going well and everything is a happy medium, you got some motherfucker that really screws it for all of us. Whether it's the dumb Chick-fil-A frickin' protest, whether it's the going after Christian churches, whether it's indoctrinating little children with drag queen story hours, chicks chick with dicks. I'm done with it. I'm done. Like, enough already. It's, a, it's, it's like, when, when do you draw the line? When do you say enough is enough? Um, California Republicans, this is big. And this just proves, and I talk about this on the show all the time, but California for the longest time, it may not have been Republican, but it was sure moderate. It was sure a a very uh, level playing field. Uh, You had Ronald Reagan, who was the governor there. And Ronald Reagan is not your establishment Republican. I mean, he's a moderate. He's like a JFK. He's like Trump. I I even say myself, Trump is not Republican. He's not Democrat. He's pro-policy, and he's somewhere in the middle, and it's the greatest thing to ever watch that only stay on party lines. I hate people that don't go to the other side of the aisle. I hate people that don't live, you know, to to the highest extent in their career and and really give everything they have. Um, But, no, I mean, California, anyways, um, California, a report, uh, six out of seven, and think of this. Think of this. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. California Republicans lead in six of seven districts lost to Democrats in 2018. Think about that. The ones that Democrats, think about that. So the Republican seats that were lost in, 20, in 2018 are now being led six out of seven in six out of seven areas. If this, if this isn't any indication how people of California are fed up, how things are changing, how life is, I mean, it's so much different. Everything is, I mean, think about it. Think about it. You got homelessness everywhere. You got illegals coming in. You got the corona bigger in California than everywhere. Everywhere you got the middle class leaving. You got Medicare for all bullshit trying to be, you know, spewed across it. I mean, the Democrats, I I don't know how they regain momentum. I don't know how they regain their composure uh you know this whole bernie thing this whole ideology uh we saw what happened to mcgovern uh back in the 70s we saw what happened to walter mondale when you go too far left uh you're gonna have everything a landslide i mean there's a lot of people like myself that are socially liberal on various things but we're physically conservative pretty much in every way we don't want to give away our hard-working tax dollars to slobs who sit on the fucking couch all day and smoke, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to say smoke weed because I like weed. I mean, I, I think a lot of people like weed. I, I think weed is one of the things that needs to be legalized. But uh, you know what I mean, people that don't do anything with their life. And actually, I'll, I'll be honest with everybody. Um, I think the whole weed thing needs to be opened up more. I think it needs to be a big discussion because I have severe migraines. I have bad anxiety. I have bad nausea. And I have bad insomnia. And guess what? You take a couple puffs with my medical card, and it's like a whole game changer. I mean, it's so much better than these pharmaceutical pills that keep killing people every year. And, you know, you got alcohol that's illegal that's killing people every single day. I've never heard one case of marijuana killing anybody. Um, but, uh, you know, this whole California thing, 
I don't want to get too off topic, like I said, but California, this, this is amazing. I mean, California, you, you guys are in good hands. It's going to be fine. We're going to turn things around. Um, everything's going to be okay. Okay. Um, let's see here. Okay. So the DOJ, and this, this goes into everything I talk about on my show all the time, and how ignorant and how just how I mean, these people are so incompetent. These people are so um, – you can't even make this stuff up. This is like a, this is like a whole other alternate universe. I mean, these people cover every single thing up that benefits their own interests or whatever. Like, they never do what's work for we the people. And I talk about the FBI and the justice system all the time on my show and how it's years and years of built up of swamp and how, you know – it's only adding when you get more elected officials in there in many aspects because most of these people that get elected are people that are part of these other people. I mean, these people aren't outsiders. They're not going to go in there and clean house. And these people are, are getting bought. These people are getting paid for. Uh, these people are getting owned and controlled. I mean, uh, it's sick. It's sick stuff. Um, but, yeah, under the Obama administration, this just proves how bad Comey was. You know, obviously, we, we know what Comey did with spying on the Trump campaign, and obviously, with uh, you, you can go on and on. But if they're guilty of one thing, they're guilty of billions, and uh, we're just going to keep finding out more and more revealing uh, situations, that's for sure. Um, okay, this is big, and, and this goes into what I talk about on my show all the time. Uh, a new Georgia bill uh, from a Republican, and I give him praise for this. Only on one part of it, not on two parts. On the one part of it, making transgender bill, uh, making transgender surgeries illegal. I applaud him. I think it absolutely for children, uh, for children. I, well, duh. I mean, is that even uh, even a given? I mean, you have parents right now who are letting their kids at nine years old say that they want to be a, a chick with a dick. I mean, you have this is what you have, and you have sadly, you have parents that are so naive and dumb and uneducated that actually think their kids are wise and brave enough to make these big decisions when they're supposed to be still playing with action figures and watching cartoons. Um, but making it illegal to have a, a youth have a transgender reassignment surgery, strong praise, strong praise. The other part I do, and, and you know what? How can you indoctrinate this? And you know what? It's funny how these leftist politicians think that if you try to hate on it or you try to say anything about it, then you're a Nazi or you're a bigot or you're a racist. But they don't practice what they preach with their own kids. Um, you know, I, I, it's all about the – you know, it's all an agenda. It's all a one – it's part of the world, new world order. It really is. Um, and uh, we're seeing more and more social justice warriors trying to come out and create their own niche and their own narrative for these insane storylines. It's like, dude. Um, but no, the other part I don't agree with, the other part. So you got the surgeries, which I do agree with, absolutely. Kids should not have uh, reassignment surgery. The thing I don't agree with with this Georgia bill is making all drugs illegal. I've been one of those advocates on the libertarian side of me for the longest as far as I can remember. And, and I think it's wise and I think it's economically brilliant is legalize it all. Legalize it all. And I'll tell you why I say it. You wouldn't have 
mass incarcerations. You wouldn't have all these prisons making all this, these massive amounts of money and tons of money uh, if for the, you know, that, these are small compared to murderers and rapists and bad people. Uh, if somebody wants to go out and shoot up, and not that I would ever advise it. I mean, I, you know, I'm not into that shit, but if somebody wanted to go out and do hard drugs or do anything to themselves, who are we to tell them that they can't? Uh, you know, this country has always been kind of founded upon and specified as uh, live on your own will, you know, be free. Uh, if you want to be reckless, if you want to be dumb, if you want to be crazy, then go ahead. Who are we? I mean, you know, I, I, and I really think that if you can go to your local, as crazy as this may sound, I think if you go to your local convenience store, and you can buy meth, or you can buy coke, or you can buy heroin, or you can – whatever. I even think weed should be legal at these places. Well, duh, no shit, rather than dispensaries, which just creates another loophole and another industry for all these you know, uh, marijuana companies. It's, it's, yeah, you, you know where I'm going. But if you actually can – I mean there's going to be death. There's going to be crime. But I don't think it would be to the extent that we're seeing, because why do people get such a high? Why do people get so excited and their dicks get hard when they think about illegal drugs? It's like because they, they know they can't get access to it unless they really dig. It's like an adrenaline rush. It's like they're like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, once you legalize it all, like once you legalize pot, did you see all these arrests? No. Not really. Not really. I mean, people are smoking it. People are living. I get that you do heroin and meth if somebody does that. I don't. Uh, sadly, I know people that have died from it. But uh, if you know people that do it, you know, I, 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 I can't. Who am I? Who am I? You know, and I get that's more extensive and worse than, than marijuana. But I, I, and I think if you can tax it and regulate it, I mean, Think about this, people, and you might say, well, Rory, Rory Sauter right now is sounding like he, he wants to use everybody as an item. Well, technically, we're here on planet Earth. We pay taxes. Uh, we pretty much are an item, aren't we? I mean, we, we owe the government we owe the government in everything we do. You know, they watch us. They control us. There's laws. There's consequences. I mean, I, you know, I go on these rants, and I get it, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. Jesus. Um, okay. <clears throat> and if this is not any indication at all that the DNC is rigged, then I don't know what is. But uh, Tulsi Gabbard just qualified for the next debate, and guess what the DNC did a couple days after? They changed the rules. They said, oh. No, we're not going to allow you. You know why? Because she's the last sane voice in that party. She's the last one offering solutions and and opportunity and and, and things that they can go off of. Right now with their current candidates, it's nothing but reckless rhetoric. I mean, these people, um, yeah, I mean, these people have have gone off the deep end. Uh, And like I always say, uh, at least the Democratic Party at one point in t- at one point in time used to be a party of substance, uh, not just a party of, of radical um, 
irresponsible and uh, imaginary ideology. You know what I mean? But think about that. That's how you know the DNC is rigged. And man, I know a lot of politics is rigged, even stuff in our own party is rigged. But changing the rules after she qualifies for a debate, after for the longest time she didn't qualify, and they didn't do a damn thing to the rules. Um. Okay. <clears throat> so Illinois, uh, God bless Illinois. Uh, they won't dismiss charges against against Jesse Smollett. Um, so Jesse Smollett, as everybody knows, uh, you know, as of last month, uh, it looked like for most of us that he was off the hook and he was never going to pay a price. But then they came back and indicted him on six counts, and then he tried to appeal it. He tried to get it dismissed, but uh, it's not going to fly. They're not going to have it. You're going to face the music. You're going to face the dick. You're going to face – oh, I'm sure you'd like it, obviously. I mean, you know. But uh, this is going to be like every citizen. You know, you had an album coming out. You, were, you weren't that big. I mean, you were in Empire, which was a big show. But you wanted to capitalize on your name. You wanted to be something bigger than you were. So you – I mean, worst way to do it, though. And you know what? Payback is a bitch, bro. It really is, and I, I can't wait. And, and, you know, think about the story. 3 a.m., mega hat, paint, ski masks, shorts. I, I mean, this guy next to a subway in the most ghetto part of Chicago. And I, at least if you're a good actor, come up with a better story. Come up with a better story, buddy. It's like, uh, Who? Jesse Smollett. When I heard that name a year and a half ago, I'm like, who? And I'm like, oh, yeah. This guy definitely needed to capitalize and make make something out of himself. He was a, I mean, you know, being on a show that's a hit, I get it. It, it makes you something. But you always want to be that main person. You always want to be that that uh, A star. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, let's see here. So. PC culture is out of control. It's out of control. It's to a whole nother level of extreme and hostility and dumbness. And now you have atheists and social justice warrior groups so offended. They, they got to bitch about something. They got to be sensitive and they got to cry because uh, it capitalizes on their brain. I mean, they need to be that, those people that, you know, because if they don't have a problem, they don't have a market. If you don't have something you can take away from someone, then you have nothing to go off of. So you have a, a Bible verse in a high school, and this is over here. And um, let me see where this is. And, well, actually, I think, I think it's Midwest somewhere. But uh, you had a Bible verse, and they were forced to cover it up at a local high school because an atheist group started complaining and saying that it's abnormal and that saying it's inhumane and that it's, it goes against – I mean, what does it go against, quite frankly? Because last time I checked, 75% of people in this country are Christians. 75% of these people read the frickin' Bible. Um, yeah, I, how? Really? I, you know, and this is what the left and this is what various politicians – have opened the door for is saying that because you believe in faith is that because you love God is because you love to be a Christian that you, you somehow you're this you're this evil Hitler 
That that this is where, and I'm not making this up. Go look anywhere. Go turn on mainstream media. Go turn on CNN. Go turn on MSNBC, and you will see them demonize and try to devour Christianity. It's sad. It's sick. Um. So, I talk about this on my show all the time, and I'll talk about it again. The Democrats are preparing to give illegal aliens in, Cal- in Virginia driver's licenses. And this is how you open the entire, you know, route and road for voting. I mean, we know that they use them as political pawns. They, they have no intention on ever, you know, telling these people that they matter. Or that, you know, I mean, they say they do, but it's like what Trump says in his speeches with the black supporters that support Democrats. See in four years after a Democrat gets your endorsement. Um, and, you know, this is all about how the Democrats know that no sane, functioning, logical citizen is going to vote for them. So they have to go to people that can't even speak English a lot of times. They have to go to people that don't know anybody. They have to go to people that know want to rig our freaking society on purpose. These people come in. These people don't care about the people in line. They don't – I mean, come on. Like, what are you going to do? It's like I, I, the legislation and the laws and things that, I mean, you know what? Trump has done an amazing job. He's done one of the best. He's the best president ever in history. You can't make that up. 80, 80% of promises fulfilled within three years. I know I keep repeating that, but, you know, this whole illegal thing. He's cracking down on it. We saw what he did a couple of weeks ago with uh, putting it forth. Uh, sanctuary cities are, are going to be no more. If you're going to give tax dollars to people that come here illegally, then you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get funded. It's over. It's done. Get out. You know? Um, but, yeah, guys. And 2020, I'm going to say this before I move on. Is what it, you know, I said 2016 is the most important election of our lifetime, but obviously 2020 is, and I'll tell you why. Because we have Donald J. Trump, who not only saved this country, but saved the entire world. He's restoring every sort of value and, and logic and, and, and every sort of ethics you can ever think of into, into, our, into our, you know, society and civilization. Um, and if we lose that, and if we get some sort of communist, then it's over for us. It's done. You know, and I really think, and I said this many times on my show before, I think after 2024, when Trump is done with his eight years, I really think Don Jr. takes over. I think Don Jr. takes the throne. I think Don Jr. carries the torch. I think Don Jr. continues to make everybody proud and fulfill the legacy. Because if you go from a guy like Donald J. Trump back to a regular politician, it's like going from a five-star meal back to McDonald's. You can't make this up. If you're living the best life ever. Why not continue that? Why get some asshole in there that's going to mess things up and going to switch up the routine and going to disrupt things? Not interested. Um, all right. Uh, Fat-ass Rosie O'Donnell. Can't stand her. Slob whatever you want to call it, pig, animal, um, is now befriending. Obviously, we know she hates Trump. Imagine what that – oh, God, imagine what she smells like. 
Imagine what Rosie O'Donnell smells like. Imagine you have to sniff her. You have to give her the sniff test. Imagine you got to go up to her and freaking tolerate her for even three minutes and have to – it's like it's probably like a bunch of farts and a bunch of cheese mixed together that's stale in one room. I mean, you oh god, dude. But anyway, she hates Trump, and we know that, and she's been after him forever. So now she's befriending Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen, pussy boy, uh, boy wonder. The uh, the guy that definitely gets bossed around by his wife. The guy that definitely uh, is one of those people that if you saw an adult film. Uh, you know, he would be the one taking it, not the one giving it. Uh, you know, he was a, a yes man. He was a bitch for the long, for many years. And I even said years ago, why is this guy supporting the Trump campaign? I said five years ago, four years ago on Sean Hannity, this guy is trouble. This guy's going to be a menace. Why can And I was right. And everybody said, oh, no, he's loyal to the president. Yeah, we saw how that worked out. Ratted, ratted, you know, like the. I won't get into what I was about to say, but ratted like the person he is, and you know, ripping people off in business, ripping people off in personal life. This, I mean, Michael Cohen is a scum, but him and Rosie are writing a book. You know, the whole tell-all thing. We've seen how long and how many times they've tried to take down Trump with tell-all books. It doesn't fly. It doesn't work. It's crap. It's, it's hogwash. It's bullshit. It, and, you know, it's just another way to capitalize on, uh, on this whole capitalism. And I love capitalism, but the, the people that are capitalizing on this are the people that hate capitalism and the people that complain to Trump. You know, I um, – yeah, I mean, come on. This is who the Democrats are. They'll only befriend and, and be close to someone. When they know it benefits them, when they know that it, that it that they can get something out of it, you know, especially vengeance. Like they love vengeance. They love going after people that they ha- have on their shit list. So true. They can never, you know, even after all the witnesses, after all the evidence, knowing that there's nothing there, it's like the thought of Trump being found guilty and going after him makes them come. It makes them hard. It makes them freaking orgasmic. I mean, it's it's true. It's true, guys. Um, so the main thing tonight, I, I want to get into the main thing here. And um, this whole Russia hoax never went anywhere. President Trump now suing the Washington Post, suing CNN. Um, and any, any other sane citizen would have done the same thing. Anyone else would have, uh, I, I, I think about it. I mean, he, you know, you, you go after somebody's family, you go after somebody's name, you go after somebody's livelihood and everything they stand for without any sort of evidence. Slander at its finest, a libel, any other courtroom, a lot of these cases would have been thrown out that were people accusing the president of certain things. I, uh, and I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. We need to hold journalists accountable. We need to stop allowing these people to whatever they want to write just so, you know, it makes them feel good. You know, I, I don't want to be like communist China where every media is controlled, but I want people to be held responsible. And I think that's a given. All right, I've been talking forever. Uh, let's, go, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Tim. Tim, go ahead. 
Hey, Rory, you sound uh, very calm. Who's running for Congress in Maryland? Thanks. You sound very calm tonight. <laughs> so, oh, I love hearing <laughs> you back on. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, a, a couple of things I definitely want to hit on. Um, Trump's energy, I mean, I mean, what is he? I think he's 73 years old, and I'm 41, and I can't imagine having his energy that he has. It's, you know, being being in a political race, I see it. I, I know the energy that goes into it and the constant running. I can't even imagine what it's like to be the president and running for reelection and, and needing all that energy at being at 73 years old. So else, which kudos. And it's, it's, it's great to see a president with that kind of energy. It's, it's refreshing. God, I hope, hope I can only have half of that energy at least when, when I'm at that age. So the DNC rules you brought up, uh, I got to say, you know, Tulsi, yeah, I mean, she. There are some things on her that's that's not conservative, but she is the. She does have some conservative parts to her. I can respect her for a lot of things, and the Democrats are screwing her, and they do it all the time. Now, what I thought of today when someone was talking about it was, how? Why do the Democrats have super delegates? Because aren't they the party that pushes for the popular vote and not an electoral college? So. How are you not practicing what you preach? You're pushing out somebody just because you don't want them in there. So there's no real democracy going on within that whole party, and it's evident by I – mean, it's because of the superdelegates that they have out there. So Trump has every right to sue CNN and any of these, pla- any of these places that knowingly were not being pressed. They were just being – uh, hit pieces and, and lynchmen, lynch people, or lynchmen for you know for the Democrat Party. I, I totally understand it. And, you know, also being a candidate, I you know I see it firsthand. I see it with other people that I know running for office. Uh, you know, and like you were saying about yourself, you know, people will say certain things. It's there has to be some form of press freedom, at the, but at the same time, people held to a standard. That you can't use that press as a way to just badmouth people, and that goes right into social media. I happened to see that uh, your screenshot that you were uh, blocked on Twitter, and it, the the stuff with Twitter and Facebook, it's it's rampant. And I remember maybe five six years ago, page was shut down for posting a picture of my kids at. At a uh, what do you call it? A uh, uh, not a circus, but uh, like you know, an not a at a zoo. It took me. I don't know why it took me for a minute there to get to the zoo. And they they shut down my Facebook because I took a picture of my kids at a zoo, and I'm like, you know, something's not right. Of course, their algorithms are probably behind it, but the fact that they get privileges of press and a social media platform doesn't work. They're doing the same thing. They're playing games, and they're using their power and to leverage their negative messages against conservatives or anyone who doesn't think like them, and that's it's got to change, and it's going to change. California Republicans, I was so glad to hear you talk about that story, and this is, this is great because I recently did a speech maybe a month ago with Steve Moore, who is 
President Trump's economic advisor. And in the speech, they identified, you know, my seat, the one I'm running for, is as a potential flip with the Democrat being in office for so long they think they could do this. But they actually put Maryland in one of the 40 states that they think they could win. Now, for anybody that's on the West Coast, Maryland is basically California of the East, just a whole lot smaller. And uh, it was it was shocking to hear because Maryland hasn't gone for a Republican since 84, and I'm guessing California's probably been 84, 88, somewhere around there as well. What we're seeing, though, is exactly what you're saying with Mondale and, and uh, you know, whoever else, Humphreys. There is a change going on, and it's not just about the Republican Party. It's about putting Americans first, the MAGA message, and President Trump. What's going on is you have somebody that is supportive of our nation versus people who want to tear us down and go to full-on communism. When that happens, there is a huge shift, and many of those Democrats and even some Republicans that were voting for Democrats leave, and they vote for someone like Donald Trump. This could be a, a an enormous, successful year for Trump, conservatives, and Americans across the nation. That leads me into coronavirus, which I don't think I don't think you brought up, but I wanted to say we see it being blown out of proportion with the press and everything, and it just seems almost coordinated that they're pushing this to try to hurt the jobs and the economy because that might be the only way that they can attack Trump. Now, I'll go on record and say even if the economy in a sense crashes and everything goes to hell, we will still elect Donald Trump because we know that it's not the policies that President Trump passed that caused this, some kind of freak event that's going on. However, when I watch the news articles and clips and they talk about something like coronavirus, we see when we deep dig into it, it's more than just what they're saying. It, this is – yes, there's some mortality with it, but it's not, uh, it's not a, a, so high that it's a, a real massive scare around the world like the Spanish flu or something. This is – it seems to be like a cold or you know, a flu that, that's killing some people, unfortunately, but it's not with the mortality rates of what we see with the flu and other things like that. So, yeah, I think this is coordinated. It goes along with that press as well. Um, awesome to hear that the jobs numbers, again, were through the roof. And it's, it reminds me, every time there's a Republican in office, we always hear uh, job reports were better than expected. And when the Democrats are in office, they always report a higher number. And then a few weeks later, we hear, oh, it was under what we expected. But that's never the main story. Again, it's all this propaganda that's pushed out there. Um, the, tra the transgender laws you were talking on, I know it's one of your favorite topics. So uh, I was a former executive in mental health. So when I, and I see these stories out there, I always think it's a shame that they're using people with actual mental health issues for political gain. They're using these people as pawns, especially if they're a child. So how is it that you know a four, five, six-year-old, we can start you know, doing gender assignment, transitioning, and surgery, yet we know that the, per that the kid's mind is not fully developed? Now, you're right. I, I agree. 
when you're older, you do, do what you want. That's the American way. You know, you have that God-given right to do what you want. Just don't take away my right to do the same. But don't do it. Don't let a kid do that because that you're taking away their real choice because they don't understand. Get older, do what you want. You know, hey, but like I said, don't force anyone else to pay for that choice or to not have a choice because you wanted to do it. So, you know, I don't like extra laws coming in, but at the same time, I think we do need to protect our youth. Juicy Smollett, as uh, was the uh, comedian uh, Dave Chappelle calls him, uh, this thing is just stinks more than more than anything out there. We knew when when the whole story came out, it was just bogus and fake. It was a bad acting story. I didn't know who he was, but I guess I didn't know who he was because he's probably a bad actor, and he showed it by putting on this facade. And then and then his his people that he has in power, like Obama. How you know, they they just make phone calls and and all of a sudden the story disappears. No, this guy and anyone behind this stuff needs to be held accountable because you put people's lives at risk. You put there was the stories all all over the place about this. You know, people could and think been, about the George Soros money that was influenced to the special prosecutor. That's insane. That's exactly right. And Soros, I mean. Soros needs to be investigated. This money that he he funnels into this nation for all the things that he does is a traitor to this nation. He needs to be held accountable. So we got a Juicy Smollett and 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 uh, and Soros. These guys are not friends of this country. They are not good people. They need to be held accountable. Uh, last thing I, I got on here, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, he's a war hawk. Uh, he's always been Lindsey Grahamisty. He's always supporting these things. He is. There are some good things. He, he does back Trump on a lot of things, but it doesn't. It doesn't excuse these leftist type things that he backs. Now I don't think he personally is a leftist in his mindset, but I think he's pushed and influenced by money and power. The people behind him push this amnesty stuff. They push the Warhawk stuff, and many Democrats can be the same exact way with, with being Warhawks. It's about the money, and they find their little niche, and they stick to it, and they push these things because they know that's their power base. That's where they get their money. That's how they're going to make a difference, and, they, and that's how they keep staying you know, elected. That stuff is un-American, and it's not the right way. People like Lindsey Graham, who I can respect on certain things, should not be in office because – they don't have the country's interest at heart. They have their own power, money, and reelection in the forefront of their mind before anything else. All that stuff needs to change. So yeah, great topics again tonight, Rory. Uh, looking forward to hearing more and looking forward to bigger and better things for you, my friend. I always love having you on, Tim, and your expertise is always greatly appreciated. You bring so much value to the show. And how do people get involved with your campaign? I know you're doing big stuff. You're doing really good in uh, in Maryland right now. It looks like you're going to be the front yeah. runner, buddy. I'm loving it. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, we just had Brandon Strock in from the Walk Away Movement uh, this past weekend. Huge turnout. Things are going great here. Um, you can find me at timfazenbaker.com. That's F-A-Z-E-N-B-A-K-E-R on Facebook at Fazenbaker for Congress and on Twitter America One Tim Faze. Amen, brother. Amen. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's let's go to uh, let's go to Todd McKinley. Todd, go ahead. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts, my friend. Go ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely, Roy. You unpacked a lot of stuff there, and, and uh, I and I learned that you call yourself the Roarinator now. That's that's interesting to know. <laughs> uh, but well, I got to say, yeah. I don't call myself that. <laughs> Apparently, other people have called me that, and then I just kind of went with it. But yeah, I guess it's okay. funny and clever. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay, so. Yeah, so a lot of things you talked about there, but you know, let's look at this. Uh, you know, the coronavirus or whatever, whatever they're calling it, uh, the COVID nineteen. You know, he, here you here you are, the president of the United States doing everything he can, uh, you know, to make sure that this thing doesn't spread, that this thing does not become something major in this country, and he's done a heck of a job so far. But they started out, you know, calling his quarantine or his his travel ban uh, racist, xenophobic, and all sorts of other things. And of course, they had to walk that back because they realized, well, he actually did the right thing. Uh, there's a bunch of Democrat governors that are out there saying, well, heck, he's doing a heck of a job for us. He, he he's lived up to his end, end of the bargain. Uh, he's helping us every at every turn. Even the California governors had to come out and say that. Uh, you know, because he, there's no way that he could paint it any other way. Uh, so he, and, and here's the president doing, doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, you know, not not just not just as you know the head of state, uh, but basically you know, keeping us safe. I mean, and, but the Democrats they can't even allow him to have a win on that. Of course, they have to call him every name in the book. Uh, so, so, so he can't even have this. Uh, so, so uh, let's let's move on to the to the next thing you were talking about. Uh, you know, the, the 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 mainstream media, the way that they're covering this. Uh, as if it's some sort of major catastrophe, and it's the president's fault. Uh, you know, he, he's done the right things by us, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, they can't even give him a win. I, I think that he should be held liable. You know, uh, let's think about this, and they're, they're causing a major panic uh, in, in our society. They're causing a, a major crisis with the economy. Uh, and of course, you know, if you look at what the Democrats and the liberal media have been talking about, and a lot of these talk show hosts on, let's say, HBO and other channels, they they want, they were praying for you know a major uh, catastrophe with the with the uh, with the economy, so that President Trump wouldn't get reelected. Uh, so here here they have their crisis that they ha- that essentially has been blown well out of proportion, so that they can uh, basically pin it on President Trump. Uh, so I want everybody. Everybody to do their homework on this and, and, and realize uh, that President Trump has done the right things by us and is keeping this country safe and to ensure that it's not going to spread. It's not going to be something major, uh, you know, like some sort of nuclear war, like they're like they're painting it as. Uh, so let's keep it in perspective. You know, the flu is going to kill more people this year than than this thing will. Uh, your common cold. Uh, you know, just probably you know, walking across the street tomorrow, there's going to be more people hit by cars and killed uh, than this thing is going to kill all year. Uh, so let, let's keep this in perspective, and let's let's, let's live in reality for for a little bit. Uh, and it looks like Joe Biden won a bunch of states tonight. He's going to be he's he's now the front runner for sure. Uh, and I called he, that he was going to be the front runner the whole time because you know the Democrats uh, were going to push him along. We we're going to carry him. And, 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 and Todd, it's funny is everybody. What, what states did he win? Tell the audience exactly because I was doing an update on that yeah, in a little bit. But so, tell us so, tell everyone. So so as I. As I was just looking at it a minute ago, he was way up in Michigan, which which is which is a big switch from last time. For and uh, if you, if you remember, uh, you know Bernie Sanders won that state, and there's several others that I was looking at as, as Fox News was scrolling it across. I didn't, I didn't have time to read every state, but Michigan's a big one right there. And I think he won Mississippi, and then there's a couple others that he that he won. So he's without a doubt the front runner. And all these people that attacked him, and this this just, just goes with their mo. Uh, you know, uh, you know S- Senator Kamala Harris, for example, Cory Booker. You know, the, you know, you don't know you don't know the flavor of the Kool Aid and all this stuff. Calling him racist, uh, you know, calling him out on, on this busing thing. You know, that she was one of those girls. 
that was bust and you know basically calling him the worst thing ever uh you know basically everything but, but calling him president trump uh you know how, how they called him everything under the sun uh so you know now all of a sudden they're vying to become his vice president because they realize it's not going to be Bernie. In no way, in no way can they allow Bernie Sanders to become the nominee. Uh, you know, and, and and I agree. How you know, you know, I would never want Bernie Sanders to be the nominee or, or president in my, in my book. But let, allow allow the process to be fair. And of course, the Democrats can't do that. Uh, for for a group of people like you know Tim Tim just said there, you know uh, a, a group of people that talk about being fair and, and let, allowing the process to play out and allowing the people to decide on the whole, uh, they have their their finger on the scale because they change the rules for, from every debate to to the next debate, change the rules. Uh, they can't allow uh, Tulsi Gabbard on the stage. Uh, you know apparently there's no more women in in, in the uh, the entire race. Uh, you know so cause, but they've forgotten about her. Uh, and, and she's the most rational person who ran for president on that side. On, on the whole, she's the most rational person, uh, you know. And I, I, I disagree with her on, on so many things, uh, but there's a lot of things I, could, I can absolutely agree with her on. And there's a lot of things that she's actually been right there in lockstep with President Trump on. Uh, so for anybody that's trying to say that you know, uh, you know, I'm supporting some sort of Democrat, uh, that that would be ridiculous. I mean, she's been in lockstep with President Trump on a lot of issues. Uh, and, and I think uh, that you know they, they they couldn't allow that to to basically go unpunished. And I, I, uh, Todd, I really believe if the Democratic Party ever gets back to sane values and, and normal logic, that she would be a, a great candidate in the future. I, I really think she could bring bring back some of the traits like Kennedy or Joe Lieberman or you know even Bill Clinton. Right. Bill Clinton was a moderate in many ways. No, absolutely correct. But you know I, I don't see that that party. Uh, you know, at least in the next ten years, or or maybe maybe more, is ever going to get back to that point. Uh, you know, maybe they're going to, you know, after this year or after this election, they may have a soul searching moment and realize, hey, uh, we're going to have to play it more moderate next time. And and you'll see some more moderate folks that'll be out there running for president. Uh, it, it may take a few election cycles uh, before them before any any of them uh, get back to some sort of normalcy. Uh, but it's going to have to take uh, you know really rational people to take over that party. Uh, before it could ever become, you know, what what it used to be once upon a time, uh, but now it's truly an un-American party by and large. There's a few few bright spots there, maybe uh, at some of the local levels, uh, but by and large, it's truly un-American, especially at the national level. Uh, and of course, you know, it's, it's just the hypocrisy of the, the entire thing. You know, they'll go out there and say one thing during one crisis, uh, during one president, uh, let's say Obama, for example. But now all of a sudden, uh, there's a crisis, a very similar crisis. Uh, that President Obama had, but but now it's President Trump. So now they'll they'll take an opposite stance, and all of a sudden we'll, we'll conveniently forget. And this is what I always say: uh, it's a party that conveniently disassociates from their past, and they like to reimagine things, and they like to uh, you know basically disassociate from things that they said before, and order to either not be guilty of it or to basically be able to paint uh, the, the other party uh, you know with a, with a broad brush without looking like they're hypocrites. Uh, you know, so they, essentially, at the end of the day, they, they adhere to a flawed, destructive, and evil evil ideology. Uh, and, and, and I hope and I pray that you know they never get a, a finger hold uh, ever again. And of course, uh, you know they still have the House right now. Uh, and I'm hoping like people like Tim Faith and Baker can flip those districts and and, and and win and basically go up there and show what true common sense conservatism can do and, and basically ensure that that district never goes back to the Democrats ever again. No, I agree. I agree. Amen. And 
I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you, you always make great points, and I'm sure you have other thoughts on some of the other stuff I said. No, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can sit here all day, but let me, let me hit on something that's a little bit closer to home, uh, which is something you obviously weren't tracking. Uh, the Gun Owners of America and the Tennessee Firearms Association held a uh, basically a Second Amendment rally and a basically a lobby day in Nashville today. And, you know, they had hundreds of people that showed up down there to basically stand up for the Second Amendment to ensure uh, that this state will, will eventually pass constitutional carry. And I think we're, we're getting to that point. Uh, but what I'd like to see is, is our state you know, amend its uh, state constitution to adopt the, uh, the uh, federal constitution as far as the Second Amendment is concerned, but include verbiage in there that will uh, prohibit the future legislatures or, and legislators from passing any sort of gun law that hinders any in any way a law-abiding uh, Tennessee resident and any any American citizen coming through Tennessee from purchasing, buying, carrying uh, openly or or, or concealed, uh, you know, uh, any sort of firearm or ammo. Uh, that basically it would eliminate any red flag laws in the future, and then basically any infringement on anyone's Second Amendment rights, with the exception of felons and especially violent felons. Oh, I, I, no, absolutely. And the whole war on the Second Amendment right now, I mean, it's, it's a whole nother level uh, of insanity. I mean, you know, we see what's going on in Virginia. We see what's going on where all these leftist people are in power. You know, they want to take your guns. They want to do whatever they can to, you know, advance their, their legislation. It's crazy. Very true, and it's dangerous. And of course, we we're seeing, uh, you know, some of that at play here in Tennessee. A lot of it's coming coming from the Democrats, and of course, they don't have a, you know, they don't have a any, any sort of majority. We have a supermajority Republicans, but there's been some Republicans, you know, that have been whispering about some of these things along the way. Uh, so, you know, we, we've got to be careful. Uh, and and I think, you know, if we get to the point where we can amend our constitution uh, and ensure that this is not going to be an issue moving forward. Uh, simply passing, re- uh, you know, constitutional carry as far as legislation is concerned, uh, you know, my concern is and my fear is is in the future it could be easily repealed. Uh, so that, that, that's why we need to actually amend the Constitution on the whole. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And I always said, and, and I'm glad this is kind of, you know, the initiative is being taken, that uh, any anywhere that far left, politicians are in power uh, immediately needs to become a sanctuary with any Republican running that area and whether it's Congress or you know what I mean I mean we've seen all these sheriffs we've seen all these people in various parts of the country uh, you know say that they're not going to follow this third world dictatorship I mean Americans are smarter than that very very true and you know it's funny as I I think the people on the left are actually smarter than that but but you know uh, but, but they play they play a good game. And isn't course, it uh, funny? Especially... Isn't it funny that people that try to give us advice on guns are people that have never owned one in their entire life and they don't even know how to shoot it? It's ridiculous. Right. It's the biggest hypocr- right. hypocrisy show I've ever seen. Right. Absolutely. You know, I I, uh, I think I started shooting uh, in first grade. You know, and, and of course we learned gun safety, how to handle things, even before that. Uh, and I think at first grade was the first time I really remember. Uh, going out and really shooting, you know, and it was a 22, uh, you know, revolver. I think it was probably like eight shots or something like that. But, you know, we learned how to handle everything properly. What, what do you do if you see a gun? How do you treat it? You know, uh, you know, and then, of course, we learned all the steps on how to, how to handle a gun, how to, how to load it, how, how to shoot it, how to clear it, and all those things that you learned at a young age. 
And, of course, you, you treated it with respect because you knew it wasn't a toy. It's something that could actually kill you. And, of course, you know, you were taught the difference between what's, what's on TV and t- uh, movies and so forth uh, and what's reality. You know what I'm saying? We, we were taught all these things. Uh, and, of course, you know, we, 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 we were cognizant of, of, you know, gun safety and all these things. Uh, so it was basically muscle memory. It was a second nature for us. Uh, so now all of a sudden you're going to have somebody who's never touched a, a weapon in, in their life. The only thing they know about them is what they've seen on TV, which is ridiculous and, and, and fantastical. And, of course, they think that that's actually reality when, it, when, it, when, it, when the reality is quite the contrary. Uh, you know, but these are the people that are going to tell us how, how we should handle ourselves and how we should handle guns or shouldn't have guns or all this stuff. Uh, in, anyway, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you watch a cartoon. Uh, and, and think that, you know, well, you, you fall off a cliff, and the next thing you know, in, in the next scene, you're, you're back up and running. You know, it, it's people that would believe something like that, trying to tell us what reality is. Uh, but anyway, uh, if anybody wants to follow me, they can do so at, at Todd for House, T-O-D-D, number four, H-O-U-S-C. Uh, website at ToddForHouse.com, T-O-D-D, the number four, H-O-U-S-C.com. Uh, if you like what you see, go ahead and donate. And we'll be making updates uh, to reflect, you know, a, a run for a state house versus a congressional race uh, over the next couple of days. And we'll be throwing out our Facebook page in the next couple of days as well. I love it. Well, Todd, you know, I, you're, you're a big part of the show, and we always love your, your value and, and the, the, big, the big things you bring forth. And, you know, your points are always exactly on par. And so thank you. Thank you so much, man. I really thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Roy. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Absolutely. Everybody, we'll be right back. Uh, stay with us. We're going to go to commercial. We've got a lot of big people on the show tonight. we got Communications Director for Trump 2020. We have a, uh, Mark Lauder coming on. We also have powerful lawyer Terry Giles. We also have very popular commentator Rodney Conover coming on. Uh, very excited. Uh, but everybody, it's the Rory Sauter Show coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. We will be right back. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. 
she's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I, I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Satter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to it 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. It's a beautiful night. Coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Usually, you know, the last couple days it's been 80 degrees every day, but out of the weird blue sky, you've got rain and and bad weather in in Arizona for the next couple days. I mean, you you never see that. I mean, we've had the best winter anybody could ever ask for. On average, it's been about 75 degrees every single day. I mean, it's it's heaven. It's heaven on earth. I I love living here. I love it. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe we have with us, we have a powerful lawyer and best-selling author, Terry Giles. Terry, what's up, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing this evening? Doing very well, Terry. Uh, welcome to the show. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. First time on. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've recently written a book called The 15%, and uh, it's being released today, and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, back in uh, 2000 to 2008, I represented 150 of the 800 victims of the what was called the California Predator Priest cases against the Catholic Church. We had to do a psych uh, workup on each of the clients, and I was surprised to find that in the psychiatric science, when anyone goes through a major hardship, 85% of the time, their life is, is, is wrecked. Uh, It could be ruined completely, but definitely it's a major setback. But for some reason, in 15% of the cases, people come through it, and they actually end up better and stronger than they would have been had they not gone through the hardship at all. And that's really got me thinking about this. And what are the ingredients? What are the things that cause a person to be able to come out of hardship better and stronger and what about those characteristics? Are they built into the DNA? Is it uh, luck? Or is it something that can be taught and learned? 
And because I had gone through as a kid a lot of the things that, that someone would consider to be major hardships, I used uh, some of my life in the book as kind of like a lab rat to, uh, to determine uh, at least the things that worked and didn't work for me. Uh, end result, by the way, is in a, you know it, when any hardship happens to anyone, almost, almost everybody says, why me? But what happens is the 85% gets stuck there. Uh, They start to think of themselves as a victim. They act as if they're a victim. Uh, They literally get stuck in victimhood. And then what happens next is they start to feel sorry for themselves. And what's worse is if they start to get off on letting other people feel sorry for them. And then they really get stuck in that spot. The 15%, for whatever reason, work through whatever the hardship is. No, they they hate it. They don't like the pain of it. But they start to analyze why it may have happened. Are there things they can do so it doesn't happen to them again? And what can they do to improve themselves? And it's those characteristics that see them through the through the, the hardship. And once they break through, they start to see that, you know, life is something that they can be in charge of. They don't have to be at the mercy of life. So that's what the book's about. And uh, like I said, I use some of my life as uh, as uh, uh, an element of uh, being a lab rat, what worked and didn't work. I love it. I, wow. I mean, that, that was a, a very great wealth of information. So, you know, I myself, I grew up a Catholic. I uh, went to Catholic grade school. I went to Catholic high school. Um, obviously we know, and I've had relatives that, uh, and friends, you know, that, uh, have kind of been messed around with by priests in the past. And that's obviously an issue. And, uh, I think it really kind of, um, miscategorizes our religion in a lot of ways. Cause, uh, when you turn on the headlines, when you turn on the news, when you, you know, some of the first things that whenever I talk to somebody that's not Catholic to their mind is like, Oh, well, how, how about the priest raping all these little boys? I mean, you know, I, I, it, it's it's become such an epidemic. It's become such a problem, and it never goes away. And all we keep hearing about is all the lawsuits, all the claims, and I, it's so – it's really um, put a dent, a strong dent, a strong bruise in our religion. And I'm just wondering, you wrote you wrote about this book, and how, how do we fix it? I mean, I, I obviously, you know – um, a reputation is everything, and a reputation means a lot. But uh, I always think there's ways to cure things and, and revamp a situation and kind of get back on your feet. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the, the church has been paying out a ton of money for these these lawsuits. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I had the opportunity during the eight years that we were litigating these matters to take the deposition a lot of priests and, and some bishops and even cardinals, and that's an unusual um, opportunity uh, to see what some of these folks are made out of. And I should say that while there were some people who uh, really uh, were, um, uh, were, were monsters, to be honest with you, I also yeah. had the opportunity to meet a lot of really uh, good spiritual and religious people. 
uh, to sort of prevent the same thing from happening there. I, I'm, I really hate to see them go through what they're going through. But a lot of it has to do with, with things that they did not do. I remember getting a call from members of the board of directors uh, 12 years ago relative to the Boy Scouts, and I explained to them, yeah. look, this is what you've got to do to clean things up. Uh, but it's you know it's hard to do and it's and it's can be costly. But they just didn't get done what they needed to get done, and now they're going to face the same kind of uh, same kind of situation, and it could be devastating to them. And I hate to see that, but they needed to clean up their act, and they just didn't move quick enough to do it. No, mind blowing, mind blowing. And for people that don't know, tell everybody what you specialize in law. I know you've had quite the resume. Yeah, you know. Uh, Initially, when I came out of law school, I wanted to be a criminal defense lawyer. You know, I grew up uh, watching the television shows and looked like they were, you know, they were real trial lawyers. So I started my own practice uh, in California. And in eight and a half years, we built up the largest criminal defense firm in the state of California. And during that period of time, we were making about 600 criminal court appearances a month. I tried about 90 cases to verdict, including 13 murders and three death penalty cases. And then I represented a guy uh, named Fred Douglas, who was accused of killing nine women. And uh, some mistakes were made by the prosecution and police, and we took advantage of that. And Fred got acquitted. And then uh, six months later, he killed two more girls. And I couldn't figure out uh, why the world was a better place, because I did what I did for a living, and I quit the practice of law and in quitting the practice of law i also realized that uh it wasn't worth anything my practice wasn't in fact within six months the firm had fallen apart and uh, that's when i started my business career and i went on and have had now 35 companies in banking and uh, manufacturing and automobile dealerships currently own a couple of uh, five-star hotels in europe and a few years after I quit the criminal practice, I had a chance to represent somebody in a civil case. And uh, they asked me to put together a small firm for the sole purpose of preparing and trying that one case, which I did. And we won. And then we kept the team together, and I went on and, and did 60 civil trials to verdict. And uh, the last of my cases were the Catholic cases, uh, which – Finally, all all of them settled in uh, 2000. Since then, uh, the practice of law has mostly been serving as trustee in various forms. I was appointed by a judge in Atlanta to be the trustee of the Martin Luther King estate to try to pe- bring peace uh, to the siblings of uh, Martin and Coretta King. And uh, mostly now it's my business and, and consulting with families to try to help out where I can when they're facing a lot of uh, crises in their lives. So it's been an interesting uh, career that's uh, sort of branched out into a number of areas. Hey, Terry, I've always wanted to ask this question to a lawyer, and I think it's a really important question. Is How do you separate? And I love, by the way, I love your past. I mean, you, you've lived a life. Uh, uh, of millions. I mean, you've lived a, a million lifetimes with all your experience, but uh, in this whole law, you know, industry, you know, putting aside, you know, it's like when and defense attorneys, like I see defense attorneys defend murderers. I see, I see them defend rapists. Like, 
in your strong opinion, you know, because you've obviously been in this this life and you know what it's like to to be in that courtroom to put to put basically your own beliefs aside and 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 put that whole other narrative forth. I mean, what, what's it like? I mean, it has to be crazy, right? Well, it is, and you know the way it starts is you think when you get into the criminal defense uh, business, it's going to be like television. You know, all your clients are going to be innocent, and you're going to be the one who stands between them and, you know, going to prison for the rest of their life for a crime they didn't do. And while occasionally you represent a completely innocent person, the truth is most of the clients you represent are guilty of at least something. Maybe not everything that they charged them with, but they're guilty of something. And, uh, you know, at first, it's kind of heady business because you're in the paper all the time. You're making great money. Uh, you're you're doing what you wanted to do, which is try cases. But it starts to really get to you after a while. And for me, the hair that broke the camel's back was Fred Douglas. And I was lucky because when that happened, I was still 33 years old. And so I could quit and, and go on and do a lot of things. If you look at folks who have been in criminal defense work all of their life, while there are a few that handle it pretty well, um, most of the time uh, they begin to self-medicate in other ways in order to be able to get up and go to work and do what they're doing every day. You know, it's it's tough to deal uh, with crooks and criminals on a day-to-day basis and not have it start to get to you after a while. Amen. Amen. I love it. Everybody deserves a defense. It's just that I came to the conclusion that that doesn't mean that I have to be the one to defend them. Absolutely. 100%. And, dude, I love talking to you, Terry, and I want to get you back here soon. Uh, Tell everybody where they can connect with you, though, and get, obviously, your book and all that good stuff. Well, the book, The 15%, uh, actually was released today. So you can get it through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, if you Google either my name, Terry Giles, G-I-L-E-S, or the 15%, uh, you'll be able to be led to a, a place where you can order it. And listen, I really enjoyed being on your show. I sure appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk to you tonight. Absolutely, Terry. Well, Terry, let, let's talk more because I, I love your resume and uh, I, I love everything you do. And, and you really uh, – I'll tell you, man, I think there's a lot we can do together, and let's definitely get you back on the program soon. Thank you. All right, God bless. Um, I want to make sure he's with us. I believe we have now with us, we have popular commentator Rodney Canover. What's up, buddy? How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. How are you? It's, it's Conover, Rodney Lee Conover. Rodney Lee, no, no, I know, I know, I'm sorry, I know your middle name was Lee, I just didn't know how to pronounce your last, I'm very sorry about That's that, right. welcome to the show, no, no, no very happy to have you here, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, um, let's see, I am comedian by trade, and I'm now produced TV for Newsmax Media, how's that for short and sweet? I love it. I love it. And you're on Newsmax. Tell everybody your your position on Newsmax because I've been following you. You got great views. I am a uh, director and producer, and I make uh, half hour and hour long specials that 
usually uh, go out on the TV and Comcast and anywhere you can find Newsmax television. Uh, some of the show, some of my shows that are running now are uh, biographies on uh, Bob Hope and uh, Don Rickles, Charlton Heston. And I also have a comedy series about uh, Trump, by President Trump, called Stand Up Trump. And the third episode is uh, On the Horizon. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. And so so tell everybody about the so these skits. So you do stuff after Don Rickles. You do stuff after Trump. Tell us about that. Well, they're, they're TV shows. You can't see them online. You have to have uh as i said direct tv or dish tv or i think comcast it's not they're on most most cable systems um they're hour-long specials. basically newsmax said to me you know it was very fortunate uh, i got i get kind of get to do what i want to do so what i what i wanted to do was make uh, shows about some of my heroes and um you know Guys like Bob Hope and Don Rickles were they, they were my heroes growing up, and I actually uh, knew Mr. Hope the last ten years of his life. I lived down the street from him, uh, and you know got to know him, and uh, I felt pretty. Um, and I my first USO show was like 1989 or something, so um, I was uniquely qualified to make that show. But my, um, I really do, and uh, some things that are on. Uh, some shows, some programs that are on, uh, on 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 board for this year as uh, Roddy Dangerfield and Bill Murray and Clint Eastwood, and uh, so it's going to be a good year. Amen. Amen. I love it. And you know, obviously, you're a very avid Trump supporter, and you know, I follow you on Twitter, and you know, your your various segments. T- tell us about. Obviously, you have a strong admiration for him, like I do. I mean, you know, we're seeing something like never seen before. Well, I do. Now, I, I, uh, full disclosure, I campaigned against Donald Trump for the better part of a year. So I was not always, you know, he was not my first pick. And I think I fall into a category that many conservatives do, uh, and that is Donald Trump wasn't my first pick. But once he got the nomination and started calling out the press and doing some of the uh, some of the things that people hate him for, I I love it. I I just fell in love. I said this is my guy. I, you know, I, I thought he was kind of a Deutsche Bank. You know, for you know while I was growing up, just because he was he was Donald Trump. You know, but I say it. You nope. He he has done something that no other politician has done. I'm serious. This is not rhetoric. Donald Trump has delivered on his yeah. promises, and no. I, you know, in my lifetime, I know of no politician that has done that. I mean, Reagan, you know, then there was that whole amnesty thing. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff I, I, that I, I wasn't down for. But Trump is very consistent, and he does what he says he's going to do. And a lot of people don't like that. Fine. You don't like it. But you have to respect it. Right. I mean, it, it, you know, you may not love it. You may not like it. You may not agree with it. But I talk about this on my show all the time. He's given and fulfilled on 80% of his promises within three years. Most presidents after eight years don't even give 10%. That's right. 
That's right. No, I, uh, he, I, he uh, made me a believer. Uh, and the, the, really the thing that I liked about Trump more than anything, when he started going after the press, now I got, I got, uh, I got into politics a long, long time ago. Uh, it was, uh, I, I know the exact moment when I got interested in politics, and that was the Iran-Contra hearings, which I watched gavel to gavel because I was on vacation. I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't know anything about politics. I couldn't even tell you who the vice president was. But I was watching this Oliver North, and I really loved him. I mean, I just was, I couldn't believe this Oliver North guy. And then after the hearing was over all day, I would watch how the news reported it. And I was aghast. I mean, I just flipped out. I, I didn't realize at all that the news, in this case it was CBS, that the networks were engaging in just flat out lying. Now, this is back in the late 80s. And it's 10 times worse now. But even back then, it was one big lie. They would report on the Iran-Contra hearings, which I just got done watching, and I'd be shocked. I'd be in horror watching Dan Rather talk about it. And I'd be like, no, that didn't happen. I just watched it. And that's not what happened. And they would distort and just flat out lie about what, what happened during that day, knowing that most people didn't sit around all day watching the stupid hearing like I was. And that set me, I mean, that just changed my mind about the mainstream media. And I've been screaming about it. Uh, and finally, here comes a guy, Donald Trump, who, who, who's finally standing up to him and calling him out and calling him fake news, which they are. They're completely fake news. And now we all see No, it. it's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch how, it is. you know, and doesn't it, doesn't it make you smile how we finally have a president who's not owned by anybody and basically gets to make whatever decision he wants? He can say, do, act, I mean, anything. I mean, this guy is not a puppet. And, and you know, it seems like our, our history in Washington, that's all it's been, you know? Well, if you have DirecTV or DishTV, be sure and tune in to Stand Up Trump because that, that, that's what the show is about. I just – I highlight what people say in the media and in pop culture, and then I show Trump's reaction because Trump does not attack people. Trump, right. You know, they, they say, oh, he's so divisive, he, he attacks people. No, he doesn't. He counterpunches. This guy does not – knock people out that haven't to him first. And that's what I highlight in the show. And it's, it's a comedy, you know, so it is hysterical. I mean, it's really funny. There's nothing funnier than him, than Costa or any one of the Democrat candidates, or for that matter, uh, I really wasn't happy about it at the time when he was going after the other Republican candidates in the primary in 2016. Right. But now, right. I, you know, now I think it's, now I think it's hysterical. No, I love it. I, we need to get you back on the show soon and let's make you, let's make you a regular. I, I love talking to you and you're awesome. And you have a lot, you have a lot of insight. You have a lot of value you bring up, but tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Oh, geez. I, I think my Twitter name is at Rodney Conover. That's probably the best best way. Other than that, I I don't I don't really 
I don't go on Facebook and I don't, I, I think Facebook is stupid, but um, I heard you guys talking about earlier about people getting down from Facebook. And in fact, I had a pretty large social media tenures and we just got thrown off of Facebook with no recall. It's, no, it's, I, ridiculous. I it's ridiculous, but, but no, I, I hear you, Rodney. Rodney, stay with us. I can't us. say I'm, I I can't say I'm unhappy. No, I can, I hear you. Stay with us. So we got a little bit more to get to in the show. Uh, I want to uh, welcome right now, I believe we have U.S. Congress candidate from Arizona. We got Josh Barnett. Josh, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, Rory? How are you, man? Good, man. What's new? What's on your mind? What's what's the latest? I know you've been working on a lot of big things. Yeah, well, sorry, I caught you a little late here. I was, uh, as usual, out hitting the streets, you know, getting those signatures. So um, I uh, got in just before the rain came down here in Phoenix, which is uh, – Kind of nice, actually, to have a little rain here. But uh, yeah, I'm looking um, at it out my door, out my door right now. I can't believe it. It's been sunny for the last month, and now we get you know a couple of days of rain. So I guess it's nice yeah, to change the pace. Yeah, it's coming down pretty good. Definitely coming down pretty good. But um, yeah, you know, I thought I thought you had Mark Lauder on your show, so you're going to have two guys from Fort Wayne, Indiana, on your show tonight, which is probably pretty rare for you. He's, he's from my well, yeah, Mark, So here's the thing, Mark. Mark and I are close. Mark and I are friends. He's going to be uh, rescheduled for either Thursday or next week. But uh, but no, oh, okay. I'm a big fan. Okay. Of no, yeah, he's from my same hometown, and uh, so it's uh, pretty cool. And I got to meet him, and you know, ended up. Hey, where'd you go to high school? You know, he kind of looked at me like, "Who are you?" <laughs> you know, so it was it was fun to talk with him um, at the Republican dinner they had out here a while back. But um, yeah, he's a great guy, and definitely be a great guest for you. But uh, no, we've been we've been hitting the streets, man. We actually putting together a a special viewing of a movie uh, that's going to be coming out the theaters. We're actually going to be hosting the, I guess, pre-launch of it before it hits the theaters, and it's called Roe v. Wade. And obviously, it's about uh, the abortion issue and everything, so it should be pretty awesome. There's some uh, famous actors that are in it as well and we're going to be putting a lot of that stuff out here shortly so i'll definitely keep you updated on that um we're going to try to launch it across the country some other congressional candidates that are running that are pro-life and uh try to get them some exposure as well so it should be pretty good and um you know we are like i said out hitting the streets every night getting our signatures and i and i I keep like i tell you every time i talk to you i keep running to these democrats and um the one girl told me last just uh two days ago she goes, I'm not voting for crazy Bernie. I'm not a socialist, and I can't vote for Joe Biden because he can't remember his name. I'm going to vote for Trump, and she goes, now I'm going to vote for you. So, Isn't it wonderful when they don't have any other choice? Like they're like they bite their tongue, and they're like, oh, man, voting for Trump is so much better than socialism. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a, I mean, it's great for us, you know, but it's really, if, you know, yeah. if I was a Democrat, a moderate Democrat, I'd be very, very ticked off right now. You know, to have that, Fuck that is my final yeah. two options. You know, a guy that can't remember his name, doesn't know what state he's in or what, what office he's even running for. And then you have a socialist, a communist, basically. And it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's a crazy time, but uh, it's great for us. It's great for Republicans. It's great for capitalism, people that believe in a free market and people that believe, believe in the constitution. It's a good thing for us, you know, so <clears throat> it's up to us to get out there and, Make sure it happens, you know. Everybody's got to get out there and vote. Hey, man, I, I do got to close the show here in about a minute or two, but tell everybody where they can connect with you, 
where they can get involved. I know you're doing big things. You just turned in ballots, and we're rooting for you. We want you here, uh, you know, representing the state of Arizona. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate having me on, man. Um, and, you know, one, one thing real quick. I'm trying not to get any more fights with Megan McCain either on Twitter. <laughs> smelly <laughs> hippo from the view. She, yeah, she's uh, – I don't know what her, her problem is, but – I, I said that she's not a hardcore conservative because she's not a hardcore conservative. So, and she got all bent out of shape about it. But, you know, I call it how I see it, you know, and, and, and the facts yeah. are that she's not a hardcore conservative. So she can get mad all she wants about it, but the truth is the truth. Right. But, um, yeah, anybody can – And she tries, she tries Ray. to be this woman of values when in reality she was one of the biggest whores uh, in political history. I mean, they had to keep her – out of the tabloid because it was making her father look bad when she was running when he was running in 2008. I mean, she she was bad and she even admitted how promiscuous she was. Oh, but that's besides the I point. Didn't, you know what? Tell us I'm glad you told me. Connect with you. Yeah, I, I didn't know all that, but that's good information. I have to talk to you more. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I got quick, firepower now. You know, in 30 um, seconds, real quick. Bar, yeah, reach me at barnettforaz.com. Also, at Barnett for AZ on Twitter and Instagram, or Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. Feel free to reach out anytime. All righty, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love you, and uh, we need you representing Arizona. Uh, let's get you back on here uh, in the next couple of days. Let's, let's make you – obviously, you're a regular here every week, but whenever you're free, man, we love you on this platform. Yeah, let me know. Let me know, and I'll be there for you, brother. No problem. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, everybody, it's been a beautiful show tonight. I love you all. This is the Rory Sauter Show. Thank you all for tuning in. I will see you Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Until then, mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Cheers.